a Women Charge podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we record, the Wilguru Kaba and Bindal peoples, whose sovereignty was never ceded, and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Welcome to a Women Charge podcast, a hopeful, helpful and heartfelt platform for women to listen and engage in discussion about topics ranging from the taboo, the awkward, to the darn right unjust and unfair. And I'm your host, Anna Walsh, a self-professed pleasure product professional, a purveyor of pleasure, a women's rights advocate, ex-police officer turned entrepreneur, and now founder of Happy Mash, a women's sexual wellness brand. And today I am charging up the show and getting ready to speak to qualified sex therapist Vanessa Tarfon. She is the founder of Authentic Awareness, the facilitator of the online course Mama's Sensual Safari. She's a wife, a sleep deprived mother of two young boys. And today I am being naughty by caging her in her office once again, when she has been enjoying the freedoms of lockdown ending in Sydney, where she lives with her family. Vanessa is well aware of the struggles women often face with their sensuality, particularly after life-changing events such as pregnancy and childbirth. During her quest to bring her own sensuality back to life, Vanessa discovered many mamas walking around so deep in mum life that they didn't even know themselves anymore. Their identities had been shattered, split at the sides, stretch marks bearing all, and the emotions seeping through. But where the fuck do we even start when we're feeling like this? Vanessa became committed to helping women reawaken their sensual identity and desire and to create deeper connections with themselves and their partners. Libido, tick. Energy, tick. Positive body image, yes, another tick. Since having her second child, she has been improving women's sexual self-image, relationship desire, discrepancy and painful sex one woman at a time. Vanessa is truly paving the way for women's sex positivity for women our age. We didn't get enough of this growing up. From education, we didn't get enough of it from our parents. She is addressing, and I quote, everything we should have learned. She knows how we all feel. We are torn between what we think we should be doing as women in the bedroom, but don't know how to get to where we want to be doing these kinds of things. She has the answers. Join me as I try to crack open her intensely interesting and highly informed mind when it comes to women and sensuality. She has given me through this conversation so many nuggets of gold and takeaways that I know you will agree can be put into place into our own sex lives. Vanessa, how are you? Hi Anna, I'm great, thank you, how are you? I'm great, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this is a Saturday we're recording, so this is even m- more amazing that you're joining me and giving up your weekend. Although you do have two young children like me, I think you said two and four, which is exactly the same age as, as mine. Um, yeah. So maybe it's actually a little bit of um, me space that you're quite looking forward to right now. Yeah, it's a nice little break. <laughs> I'm hiding away in, in the office. <laughs> exactly, which is ironic because you have recently just come out of lockdown. So that's probably one place you don't need to go to. You should be like running out the door, <laughs> arms wide open, 
screaming the sound of music from the top of your lungs. <laughs> is that what everyone exactly. in Sydney is doing? <laughs> I think it is, yeah. That's all right. Now, yeah. I've asked you to join me today on a Women Charge podcast because we do love talking about women's issues, but often goes and navigates into the sexual side of things, which is exactly what you do for a living as a sex therapist. And you are a qualified sex therapist and you got your degree through the University of Sydney. Is that right? Yes, that's mm. correct. So for yes. all our listeners, like that seems like quite an unusual course. You know, it's not law, it's not medicine, and it's certainly not any of the normal, inverted commas, allied health degrees. So would you say that sex therapy is 20 years old as a degree that you were offered at the universities like the University of Sydney? Yeah, it took me a long time to actually um, find it and find the right course that I wanted to do. And I think when I did it, which was back in 2013 now, there were only two courses, I think, in the country available. There was one in WA and yeah. this master's in HIV, STIs and sexual health from the Uni of Sydney, which I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a Bachelor of um, Arts with a major in gender studies prior to that, probably 10 years prior to that. And gender studies was really just something that I fell into and then ended up with a major in. And I really enjoyed it, but I didn't know what to do with that. And so it was really then about 10 years later that I discovered this career existed as a sex therapist. And I thought, wow, I really want to do that. Yeah. And were you it's looking for that? Like, did you did that just jump out at you and go, and you thought, oh, I could be a sex therapist? I was looking for something. I, I also had a major in HR, and that's obviously the direction that I mm. started to go in in my corporate career because people told me, oh, yeah, either do business or HR. You know, <laughs> that's the path you want to go down. But, <laughs> so you start doing it, but you're like, oh, I don't really feel like yes. this is me. Um, 100%. And I've always enjoyed talking about sex and taboo subjects mm. um, and it's always come naturally to, for me to talk about it. I'm not embarrassed to talk about sex. Yeah. And I think it was just at the time I was searching and I was thinking, well, what do I really like to do and what do I like to talk about? Yeah. And this was obviously a subject that came to mind yeah, and like then I started bulb. searching, yeah, like what, what can you actually do mm. with it? And what did um, you do? What did you study? What general sort of top, what were the main subjects in that degree? It was a great degree. So I did a master's in HIV, STIs and sexual health and yeah. I did the counselling stream of that. So there were all sorts of counselling components obviously to that. Mm. Uh, and then there was female anatomy, mm. uh, male anatomy, all around um, STIs as well, uh, sexual dysfunctions, learning all about those. And I think that's where my interest really then lay was in the, the sexual functioning side of things. Um, and then it really was a matter of, okay, now I've done the degree, what do I actually want to do with it? Because I really enjoyed the counselling, but I also really enjoyed just an education side. So I love what I do at the moment because it's not so much about doing one-on-one therapy it's about getting groups of people together and being able to speak to a larger audience yeah. and educate and not just educate women on everything that they should have learned, but also educating men too yeah. on everything that they should know and want to know as well. Yeah, that's so interesting, and, uh, everything they should have learned. Yes, mm. there is a lot 
that is missed in yeah. sex education in, in schools. It's almost like we need another degree after school to actually yeah. <laughs> teach people everything they need to know. Yeah, not just sex, but love and respect and, and relationships. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. especially for women too. I mean, female sex is so much more taboo to talk mm. about than male sex and, and health. So. And so then you decided to formulate authentic awareness was or was it sort of a slow journey towards building the 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 company and the brand it was a bit of a slower journey because I as I said I sort of came out with it and I thought okay I like the counseling I like the education um you know and I was like well which way am I going to go with this and it really wasn't then until I had my first son and I discovered that there were all these new mums who are really under-supported in terms of practical information and skills to revive their sex life. You know, we, we go to this six-week checkup at the doctor or the midwife and you're told, okay, you're good to go now for sex again. Or, you know, the other alternate is that you hear all the jokes around that, you know, there's no sex after kids or marriage. Yeah. Mums just don't know what to do at six weeks. Like, they're just exhausted. Yeah. Um, I love so your reel about that. You did a reel a couple of months ago about that. It was so funny. It was like, <laughs> here you go. Off you go. Now go and have sex. As if, like, everyone would be like, yes, can't wait to go and have vaginal intercourse. <laughs> Exactly. It's like the absolute last thing they want to do, even sometimes six months down the line, maybe even more. Like, that's normal as well. Exactly. And I actually put up something um, not long ago on Instagram around uh, someone saying to me, you know, 18 months down the track and yeah. I'm still struggling. And, and they were probably wrote, so worried about saying that out loud as if it was so shameful. Yeah, and someone commented and said, oh my gosh, is this normal? And I was like, well, yes, it actually is, especially when you start talking to mums who have had major trauma mm. as well. Um, that's really not unusual. And it's not necessarily its problem. They just are needing to work through other issues or get themselves to that place where they actually want to have sex first and that's not a bad thing Mm. because then you know when they're going into it they're ready for it and they're actually willing and wanting to do it yeah and Um, so was a lot of this realization then about the unsupported mums it must have come probably through your own experience but then did you have mum groups or other friends who were having babies at the same time like how did you sort of realize how much there how much of a void there was for this type of knowledge for women and new mums yeah so it was definitely going through my own personal experience Mm. first um, and I put a plan together for myself and then from that I did have all these close mum friends that were coming up to me and asking me questions. You know, when people find out you're a sex therapist, they're always, the first comment is always, oh, I need to be your first client. Um, Oh, I need to be a client of yours. (laughs) So, you know, and they wanted advice and I'm always just happy to give advice because I want to help people. They probably assumed that you had the absolute five-star sex life as well, even though you just had a baby. Exactly. And I think that is, very much a, a myth in mm. general around yeah. sex therapists that oh they must have the greatest sex around yeah. etc um and yeah you might but you'll obviously go through like highs and lows as well just like everybody yes. else yeah it's just a matter of obviously being able to have those skills and the knowledge to get through those yeah and that then yeah from speaking to all these other mums around in the in the mums groups and my friends 
that I realized, okay, I really want to help mm. um, the wider mum groups as much as I can by giving out the information that I actually uh, know and that I also know works because it worked for me. Yes, through um, experience. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I found a real difference between millennial mums and, say, Gen X yeah, right. mums. Mm. Because millennial mums are so much more aware of self-care, I think. And I think it's a benefit maybe of more research that's come out over the years about, you know, the importance of self-care. Whereas Gen X is still sort of more in that mindset in general of, well, I've brought a child into the world, so I need to take responsibility for looking after the child. And so therefore then the children become the primary responsibility and anything to do with self-care kind of just keeps falling. So Gen X mothers who are having babies just now, Gen X is right up until 1981, I think it is. So they were, they're right now at the older end of the childbearing cohort of women. So they have, if they're having their first child, they have had their whole lives to do what they want, essentially, because I remember how good that was. <laughs> And so I think that they also added on to that um, lack of self-care routine. They also um, feel guilty because they're like, right, this is what I've got to do now. I've got to swap over and I'm doing this. It's all about the child now. Whereas um, millennial mums, some of those mums might even be in their mid to late 20s, I think, still is going right down. Yeah. Maybe 24, I think, is where the millennial and Gen Z starts and finishes. So... I was trying to remember all yeah. the dates, but I, I love this sort of stuff. I know, it gets a bit hard. <laughs> no, I honestly, I love all these generational um, trends that we look at. But yeah, they're right down at the other end and it's just a no-brainer. And it's that is great how that has just been instilled in them a lot more um, entitled to self-love and self-acceptance. But on the yeah. negative side, they do have, um, they have had social media in their lives since they were teens as well. So yeah. um, they will feel pressures in other ways. And um as we were talking about before we came on, social media isn't always a good thing, especially when you are pregnant, I'd say. You know, you're just searching for answers and information because you have no idea. Um, and we, we both use Instagram for our authentic awareness and for me for Happy Mash and even for this podcast. And we know that Instagram and Facebook are so heavily censored. Yeah. And it's so conservative, um, especially for women in our bodies and body positivity. And so you know yourself as well that trying to put any information out there is so I think you have to be so careful just in case you get like cancelled by Mark Zuckerberg (laughs) yeah it is and it's really difficult because there's so much information that you want to put out and it either yeah it it won't go up at all Mm. um or you you're just totally worried that you're going to put it up and it's going to get pulled yeah like or it's risking it your whole platform is gonna get yeah so you've got to be really like strategic in the way that you put things out and that also then makes it a little bit difficult to get the right message out as well and you know to be really to the point of this is what I want you to know Mm. um and you know I know from my perspective trying to put up anything about female sexuality if it's not about contraception um and it's not about reproduction it it falls into this category of you're not meeting the guidelines. Yeah. And it's really hard, but so it's like, okay, so you don't, I 
actually believe then in self-pleasure or mm. sexual pleasure or that women have the right to have pleasure at all. Basically, so, going back to the old school thinking of that women and our bodies solely exist for either men's pleasure or reproduction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like and little ovens God. all lined up ready to... <laughs> <laughs> to fly the buns out that had been cooked <laughs> been baked. Yeah, we're all baked yeah. they're all ready to go Absolutely. <laughs> on the flip side of that I have seen and I do follow a lot of great um, like mum influencers who are doing a lot of great work about body positivity and yeah. this is what you know a real mum's body looks like yes. after they've given birth mm-hmm. um, but in saying that you know there's obviously a lot more out there mm. all over the place where we see celebrities just bouncing straight back yeah again so it's i think we're still behind in (laughs) trying to get all these messages out um and it's just really hard because then you do hear comments from people and questions and you know one of the key questions that i always hear from new mums is why does the first time you have sex hurt after giving birth Mm -hmm. and to answer that question even through social media or to ask that question through social media so that people can get the answer beforehand um, is really difficult. And you think people just want to know. They just want to be aware. Mm. Um, So it is hard to get information out when sex is still such a taboo topic to talk about. And we both know how that feels when you just need answers and you have no idea why you're not in control of this anymore. Um, or yeah. in control of her feelings. Like, do you want to tell me about the story you told me to do with touch? I thought that was so powerful. Yeah. So, um, so it's around my experience, my own personal experience, and my transition to motherhood, which um, I became a mum for the first time in 2017, and my first son was born with a few medical complications. So that took up nearly all my time and focus for the first 12 months of his life and my husband and I didn't actually have a date night out anywhere until he was actually 14 months old um yeah so that was sort of because we both felt that we had brought him into the world and so he was our responsibility to look after especially with these complications yeah so then I found out that I was pregnant again and my second son came along 18 months after my first (laughs) So, yeah, very quick. (laughs) And then obviously you were probably worried during the pregnancy because you remember the complications you had with the first time. So there's that added anxiety there. Exactly, yeah. So um, I hadn't really gotten back to where I wanted to be as a person or as a woman after my first son yet. And then it was virtually impossible to sort of do that before, um, you know, all the pregnancy changes started to kick in. And... um, I really struggled with the after effects in terms of self-image and energy Mm. after having him so soon and having two kids who needed so much attention at that time. Um, And with hindsight, which is great, right? (laughs) We love hindsight. Um, Why didn't I do that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I found that my low body image played a big part in my sexual self-image and sexual interest because I just didn't see myself the same way that my husband kept telling me he saw me. Yeah, Um, because you couldn't find yourself again. Yeah, exactly. And so I hit a low point like everybody I think does. And 
And the lowest point for me was when my husband came to bed one night and he touched my arm <gasps> and oh I automatically recoiled yeah. <laughs> because in my head that meant he wanted more than just to touch my arm. Mm. And I was just tired and not interested at all. Mm. Um, and we had a chat about it. And like everyone, it was more so my husband talking because like every woman going through it at the time, I felt anxious. Mm. I felt a bit ashamed and guilty yeah. um, because I knew I should want my husband and want him to touch me. And I knew he still desired me, but I was still in this, um, I should as opposed yeah. to I want. Yeah. And yeah, and it didn't help, I suppose, too, being a sex therapist because you think, gosh, this this is not <laughs> what you should be doing. <laughs> um, but like everyone, you know, you've got to hit that low point to really go, right, I need to do something to change. And I suppose the benefit then of being a sex therapist is when I had that realization and that decision to change, I knew what to try and what to do to get myself out of it. Yeah. And we also forget too that, you know, 80% of our thoughts are negative. Mm. So it takes a really active mind, I think, and to be optimistic and step forward to make changes. Um, and that's where, you know, I do think for me, so it was hitting that low point that really made me go, okay, no, yeah. this can't continue. I've got to do something yeah. now. And even you, a sex therapist, you can't, you obviously have the benefit of that in hindsight and you could work through that afterwards. But when you're in the moment, I think I can imagine and I know what that touch feels like as well and, and what you're worried it means. But when you're yeah. in the moment, that would have just, I'm sure, shocked you so much that you had such adverse reaction to just such such a simple thing as touch and touch from the person who you love the most and, you know, are spending the rest yeah. of your life with. It's That is so palpable and so, I think, poignant for, for a lot of women and they'll know what you mean by that. It's, uh, did it almost, yeah. I can imagine it almost felt sore. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you and, know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the first thing I felt was, guilty because mm. I knew he felt rejected yeah. and I didn't want him to feel rejected but you know you are also just so much in that moment that you think oh, I feel so guilty but I just I just can't yeah change my reaction right now yeah um and I actually did a, a mama's sex survey recently and researched uh, with Australian mums what their current yes, you know sex I situation is that. And actually, yeah. I sent it out to my newsletter. So if anyone wants to sign up, I'll send it out again to you because it was really brilliant. Yeah, tell us more about it. Yeah, and I'm actually working through, um, hopefully I'll have a downloadable report on that soon. Mm. Um, but the main barrier for mums to sexual interest, 33% were just tired and exhausted, mm. which I don't think at all is, is a surprise to any mum. Yeah. Um, and 18% were related to body or self-image mm. issues and 10% had that feeling of touched out, of being touched out. So the touch really is such a poignant change and, and touch is an act that we use so often and it's a really important yeah. um, act that we do, not just, you know, sexually, but we use it to console people, we use it to comfort, friendships, yeah. etc. So, so yeah. Mm. So we really want to, um, I think, resolve it and just, you know, make sure that we're actually enjoying all the touch that we're getting and, and giving as well. 
Yeah, and I think that that's very interesting. Everything we seem to try to pinpoint, it does seem really simple. It's touch or it's just tiredness. Yeah. <laughs> but the often for women, the solution feels so complicated and they don't even know where to start. I'm guessing that's probably why you started Authentic Awareness, because you have the skills for like a springboard for women in those positions through experience and through study. And then you started the Mama Essential Safari course, which is within Authentic Awareness. Is that right? Yeah. I did. So the Mama's Central Safari course is an online course and it's self-paced and it helps busy, tired mums reclaim their sensuality. And busy, it really is tick, like... tired, tick. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and it really is like your whole concept, Anna, about getting to know yourself. Mm. And that's exactly what the safari does it's about getting to know your intimate self again yeah. after childbirth both mentally and physically and reviving the sexual relationship that you have with your partner it just is you know that relationship just disappears when people get busy in yeah. parenting duties so the beginning of the mama central safari really involves the three key changes that i made initially on my own um, central revival plan okay and the the first key thing that I did to resolve my feeling of guilt like I said before and my husband feeling rejected was really to openly talk about how I felt when he touched me and what he meant when he touched me mm. so that we could get on the same page mm -hmm. uh, that not all touch was a sexual initiation um, yeah, so really work and, on the communications there then. Yeah, and I really advocate for 360-degree communication. It's so important, um, you know, outlining your boundaries, what you're willing to mm. do and not do. It's just important for moving forward yeah. into that positive sexual space. Yeah. And, and it removes as well any response anxiety and stress and tension which negatively impact our actual bodily responses during yeah. sex. Um, and I suppose you don't want to be having these conversations during sex. You want to have the conversation beforehand so that there exactly. isn't then disappointment or a feeling of rejection during sex, which is never good for like keeping, keeping the, exactly. the feeling going. Yeah, and we definitely then too also want to have a conversation after sex so i love open communication during sex but it needs to be from a positive viewpoint so you know not cutting someone off and going oh no don't do that don't touch me there um you know don't say no don't mm. we want more can you touch me here instead yeah. Yeah. um so directing them because yeah as you said we don't then want to feel critiqued and then go into sex next time thinking, oh, gosh, she's going to critique every single thing that I do again. And feel really self-conscious. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I love having a conversation afterwards about what was really good. Yes. And Aftercare. what worked. Mm. Yeah. Or what, you know, what do we want to do next time or try next time a bit differently? Because, mm. mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it, women are very internal. We're not external people. Mm. Um, and... So for the majority of my mums who are in heterosexual relationships, you really need to guide men on exactly what it is you're feeling, thinking. They need help. They're not mind readers. Yeah, and I get that as well because I love how you say that we're so internal. I 
really agree with that. But if you were to ask anyone, they probably would assume that women are more external because we always feel obligation to communicate. We always feel more obligation to maybe keep the conversation going. We feel like we've got to connect and have relations with other people and, and be relatable. I think we're all sort of socially conditioned into that. And so for us to actually be keeping all our feelings inside, our true feelings, yeah, I, I agree. We need to guide our partners. Um, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, we need to guide our partners because otherwise there will be yeah. some mis- miscommunications. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, no one wants to keep doing something as well that they're not enjoying. Like, no. Sex is fun and it's enjoyable and we don't do it just because we have to. We want to actually experience pleasure. And if you're not getting pleasure from it, then, you know, move on to the next. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't want to be robots. (laughs) No. So there's no point in hiding it. Mm. We need to speak up so that we can get the pleasure happening. Exactly. And, you know, I always get from women that they don't want anything inside them. (laughs) that is the long and short of it and that's fine that doesn't mean that your relationship with a man can't happen you know there are lots of different ways you can both have really pleasurable and exciting sex without going inside your vaginal canal for a while give it a little rest it's fine it'll get back exactly (laughs) but we're so conditioned aren't we to that whole penile vaginal intercourse that's the best that you can get the in and the Um, out yeah yeah but, I mean, it's really not, is it? Like, our clitoris is the most sensitive part, and that's on the outside. We don't yeah. need penetration for that. Exactly. I, I think that's the, that's a good point. It's not all about penetration. I mean, you can be inside a woman and still be affecting her clitoris from, from inside, but there doesn't need to be yep. that thrusting. <laughs> exactly. Which we see all the time in porn, and that, unfortunately, now, because of, you know, so much porn use from men and women, we assume that, um, or we are turned on by that now because we've seen it so much in front of us. Yeah. So that's kind of the blueprint almost. And I think that's exactly. a, a little bit worrying for adolescents or young adults who have grown up with that. Because our generation, so um, I'm 35, I think you're somewhere around the similar age. Yep. We didn't grow up with access to pornography at our fingertips yeah. when we were younger. So, and that's the same probably with our partners if they are the same age if male partners speaking off so the men that we're with generally haven't had that as they've grown up so I find that interesting to know and maybe hopefully we will through studies coming out what those younger generation of men are, are now experiencing in their relationships as their partners now come to have children because they have been used to this different type of pornography and that will ine- inevitably have formed their turn-ons and their triggers um, because they watched yeah. it from teen teenhood, you know. So that will be interesting to see how time plays out. It will out. be, yeah. Hopefully we see differences happening. But I think we've still got a huge gap in terms of education, like school education and, um, you know, parental education as well mm. for their own kids, if we can sort of fill that gap. And I did read some research recently around um, uh, some women, young girls who had more information around getting to know themselves prior to their first sexual experience and having had all that extra information they actually had a much more positive Mm. first sexual experience because they obviously were more in tune with what they want and what they enjoy and felt much more confident to discuss it with Mm. whoever they were with so that was 
that was a really interesting uh, bit of information that I found recently. And so actually. simple because it's basically an anatomy lesson, which yes. Yeah, it could, be, it could be really, really simple. Um, it probably made them feel a lot less nervous, I would imagine, like worrying about the expectations of what they were going to have to do or expected to do, because they realised yeah. that there was a two-way intercourse going on where it was pleasure for both. Mm. And I think that's the great thing about um, empowering women to own their own bodies and control it, is that you know it's not just within a sexual context that they have that confidence to speak up and, and control what happens to their bodies and who touches it and where. It's in non-sexual contexts too that they feel more comfortable as well with themselves and to be able to speak up. And mm. I mean, only positives come out of that. I know, like I, I the other day, I, it's just coming to my head now, I told my two-year-old daughter named the clitoris for her and because she asked me, what's that? And um, I just said, oh, no, that's, I think she thought what it was is she thought it was a penis because she could see it sticking out. And I said, no, that's not a penis because she she has an older brother, so she sees that. Yeah. And I said, no, that's your clitoris. She's like, clitoris. And then just, we just moved on and we were talking about something else. And I just thought later on, I was like, God, I just got that out of the way. And (laughs) she's actually two. Yeah, but do you think she'll ask me that, that again? <laughs> how simple was that? And then it's like de- demystified and that's your body. And then when she's older, she'll know what that can do and how it will feel. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just, I never had that growing up and I don't blame my parents, it's just the time. But, you know, it was so embarrassing and the quicker we could get off that subject would be the better. And that is so confusing to children. <laughs> It is, yeah. Yeah, because where do you then hear all this information from? You find whatever you can you know, on the internet or social media and and porn, yeah. which is never a great introduction. Yeah, yeah hopefully there's learning. more um, sustainable and ethical and feminist porn coming out soon because, yes. <laughs> because porn's yeah. not going away. Um, <laughs> no. And with the body image thing then, especially thinking about young girls, so you said that a lot of your identity was your energy, but a lot of it was the self-image. And I think we, obviously when you, we look in the mirror after giving birth, that's never what we want to see it's not quite where we want to be apart from all those celebrities that you mentioned who (laughs) bounce back after six weeks but um so the self-image I think is really important for women of all age though ages though to um really have that self-acceptance and innate confidence which is really hard to pinpoint for those women who don't have that innate confidence have never been boosted from a young age then going through this process must be 10 times worse as well. Definitely. And we do a lot of um, work on body image and touch. And that's probably the the two other key changes that I did that um, I can mention now mm. is um, the first one is positive sexual self-messaging. And that's really important for self-image and body image. And one in seven women have low sexual self-image. And that obviously then impacts everything to do with sexual activity and experience. And so the way that I love to do the positive self-messaging is to stand in front of the mirror naked. You need to, which can be obviously very confronting at the beginning. Um, And tell yourself something really positive about your body or your sexual personality or behaviours. There is always something on your body that you will love Mm. and enjoy and I saw something recently actually on Instagram which said 
um, after childbirth, my body isn't ruined, it's renovated. Oh, I love and that. I, yeah, I really love that because I thought, yes, it is renovated. And <laughs> renovated is always positive because we only renovate to improve our yeah. house. Um, and I thought, so why not? Yeah, renovate your body. Um, so I love to do positive self-messaging. And it's amazing how much a positive message and being optimistic about yourself can actually then start to impact mm. your sexual self-image and also then your sexual experience when you're having sex. And the other key thing that um, was touch, and obviously I mentioned before where my issue with touch first came up and we just discussed all the importance about touch. Um, but for me and many other mums, it's actually wanting to touch and be touched again and removing that automatic recoil and that's something that in the mama central safari we really progress through and so we work through self-touch and then partner touch mm. before even getting to the vulva for instance because yeah. we want to make those small little changes and progress to to make things stick Start and small. not just be a quick fix yeah so without um, giving too much away from the central safari course so you you really talk about touch not necessarily in the vulva or the, the penis it's more just touch across the body would you say and, yeah. and would it be yeah. as as together i suppose your course is for single mothers as well though yeah so we do both so we start off on our own first and that's for everybody to mm -hmm. start off on their own because if you don't want to touch yourself and you don't love yourself and accept yourself then I don't think it matters what your partner does or says to you mm. uh, you're just going to automatically switch off um, and not be on the same path as them so we definitely work on the self and then we move into partner work as well and the course you're right is available for single mums as well so in the partner section there are practical explorations to it mm -hmm. which obviously if if you don't have a partner at the time, then that's fine. You just continue with your self-practical work. And then we've also got um, scripts in there to have discussions. And those discussions are really just as important to have yeah. on your own as yeah. well as with a partner. So, But for the single mums, like doing that foundational work is so important before they branch out and start dating again and decide to have sexual relations with a new partner. So having those foundational exactly. steps put in place is amazing for any women I'd say yeah mm. and I think you know all the single mums that I know as well there's there's a real um sort of thought that goes around or oh, when do I introduce you know a new partner to the kids yeah and so I think yeah having all that self-knowledge and being really self-aware just helps with when you are going out dating you know what you want to ask for what you want to find as well and really just honing in on if you are searching for a partner okay this i've found this person now and this is the right person to introduce to mm. my children mm -hmm. um just yeah that confidence around it yeah and i think um talking about the energy you know you in, the, in order to have more libido i personally found i had to masturbate more and then that would increase my libido overall so therefore sex became more exciting more pleasurable and it wasn't just something that i felt like i needed to do so yeah. the self-touch is key for starting i think and making sure that you enjoy it you love it you are masturbating more but also that you want to do more after that not just with your with yourself 
Yeah, exactly. I think it's amazing what masturbation does, actually, and it's such a taboo topic to talk about, isn't it? And I love yeah. to say the word masturbation in public because you see people literally, like, cringe. I know, and I, and I love how we've got away from the wanking thing. It's just, it's masturbation. Yeah. And people, people still probably do think that you're talking about male masturbation, but female masturbation, so good. And I, I mean, yes. obviously in my line of work, your line yeah. of work, we talk about it all the time, but you can tell by the look in people's faces, they're like taking a second look, taking glance yes. when you mention yes. it. But it's amazing like what that does for your sexual desire to yeah. then be with a partner. I think people get concerned that it will override wanting to be with a partner mm-hmm. and that, you know, the, the two don't kind of interact, but they do. And yeah, I highly recommend it. And I love your products, Anna, because... <laughs> They're, they're non-confrontational as well and so I always recommend them to they're very my approachable yeah if you're looking for a yeah. starter it's just the, that's what I was going for so I'm glad you say that as a, yeah, as a no. qualified sex therapist that's amazing endorsement yes definitely and <laughs> um, now I'm just looking to see what we talked about before we wanted to get some key takeaways from this amazing um, time that you're giving me and, and knowledge yes. so that you you wanted to let people know who are listening that you are an expert specifically with dealing with mothers low sexual identity and desire like libido and that's the market that you work in we've definitely covered that and you've told us some amazing gold nuggets to take away the tools and skills customers learn so this is in your um, mama essential safari they're easy to implement and lead both in sexual relationship satisfaction so there'll be no more nerves and tension when it comes to intimate interactions and I think that's definitely what we just discussed there about putting those foundational plans in place and discussing touch not necessarily touch intimate body parts um yeah but all over and different and different ways we experience touch and then number three i love this all mothers have these experiences and it's reality and it's normal you are normal i think that is so great and very simple but important to highlight again to anyone listening yes i think that is definitely key for moms to start start learning and knowing Mm. that every single thing they go through whether it be from the general raising children, just wondering about motherhood right through to intimate relationships and sexual health. Everything is normal. Mm, great. Can we find out where we can find you? Now we've got um, www.authenticawareness.com.au is your website. Yes, that's and correct. And can yeah. women find information about the Essential Safari on there? Yeah, so there is a page on there for the Mama's Central Safari, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've got a couple of products on there as well. But um, you can head to the website, as you said, authenticawareness.com.au, um, and I also live on Facebook and Instagram as well under Authentic Awareness. Okay, great. And what products do you have? I think you, I saw there you had the Onut. Yeah, so I, I stocked the Onut, which mm-hmm. is made and designed by an American mother. Again, she created it out of necessity for her and it just helps with penetrative sex Mm -hmm. and to to reduce the depth of penetration which can obviously help with pain Um, and I've also got the Mojo Matters journal which if you join the Mama's Sexual Safari um, you get for free Uh, but it's also on there as well if you want to purchase it yeah great and do you do the essential safari is it every is there a block or do you can you just join at any time no 
you can join at any time because it's all self-paced cool. and I'm always available to anyone who's doing it uh, yeah. via email for questions because obviously my main goal is to actually have mums be successful. Yeah. So I would much rather people contact me to clarify anything around it, even whether, you know, they think it, it's suitable for them. Much rather people clarify with me first um, on anything before sort of jumping in and being unsure. Amazing. Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and giving us all those gold nuggets of sexual tips and now we can just all go home and touch ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for having me, Anna. It's been great. Yeah, no, thank you. And come back again soon. I've got lots more questions for you, so maybe we can do some interest subjects here and there, do some snap rounds, 20 minutes, here we go, and you can just tell us all you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. I'll be happy to come back. Okay, enjoy your newfound freedom. No more lockdown. Thank you, I will do. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Anna. I don't know about you, but I just learned so much from Vanessa during the course of this conversation. This is everything we should have learned. Renovate your body. Isn't that just such a fantastic way of reframing the relationship we have with ourselves and with our self-image? By renovating, we are investing in ourselves. We're on a journey of improvement and we're not necessarily focused on the aesthetic, but rather the quality and the longevity and then afterwards, the enjoyment. This isn't just for cisgendered or for heterosexual women. This is for all women. To get to know ourselves, to become equipped with well-resourced knowledge and then go forth with self-acceptance and a huge boost in energy for life and for sex. Vanessa is so unique as a sex expert and as a sex therapist in that she is exactly like us and is not afraid nor does she feel vulnerable to show that and to talk about that with her clients and with other women. And by doing so, she is letting us know that what we are feeling is okay and that what we are thinking is normal. And that's pretty fucking hard to do. Thank you so much for joining me on this fortnight's episode of A Woman Charged Podcast. Please make my feminist heart sing and leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give this episode a share with any new mums or mums-to-be or any women who you think might appreciate Vanessa's insights and her mama's essential safari course, which she runs online. Next episode, I will be slipping into your ears with co-founder of Lucy Lube in Melbourne, Claire, to discuss all things wet and wild and to ensure there will never, ever be another dry vagina in the house again. And most importantly... Stay charged.